Hi, my name's Karen O'Connor and welcome to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm talking to Gail Palmer. Gail went through menopause in her early to mid-30s. It's an interesting enough experience when you go through menopause after you've had children when you're in your 50s and that's kind of expected but if you hit menopause when you're in your early 30s and you still haven't had any children and you want children what is the impact of that and how does the body cope with not having all of the estrogen and progesterone and everything rocketing around your body for that extra couple of decades does it have a detrimental health effect how does it impact you mentally what impact does it have on your life as a whole those were the things I wanted to ask her. So join me for this conversation. You went through very early menopause, didn't you? I did. How old I were did. you? I uh, was, I got married when I was 32, no, a bit more than that. But I was, I was getting married at the same time as designing building and project managing my new clinic and reorganizing the house that I had just bought so everything kind of happened all at literally at the same time and I think basically my system couldn't quite keep up with that plus everything else so I started started having uh flushes which were annoying really. <laughs> just annoying and I think it was really I, I initially just wasn't too concerned about it to be fair I just thought well it you know I'm I'm pushing the boundaries on all levels at the moment so it's not a huge surprise that my body's having a bit of a nervous system reaction and flushes are exactly that a nervous system reaction anyway eventually one of my girlfriends said I think we were going to just get checked girl so I went to see a lovely consultant who said well just take your bloods and uh, my testosterone level was was 112 and it should be uh it should have been around about 12 and uh when you menopause it goes to about 15 so um hmm, I was pushing out a lot of hormones <laughs> to manage to keep up with everything so uh, I guess I did the menopause flushing thing for ooh, about a year and a half properly. So whilst all my patients were coming in because I'm an osteopath saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm having hot flushes every, you know, every night. Well, I, I go, well, how often? Once, maybe twice. I go, I've had three since the time you started this chat. I was doing every half hour on the half hour 24-7. And I think that was partly because I had had and always have a lot of energy. And um, my system could do it. It was trying to do so much balancing. It was sort of so off kilter at that particular point. So uh, that was an interesting experience. And I'm... <sighs> Oh, you just get on with it <laughs> just get on with it really but yes it, I didn't have massive amounts of sympathy for some of my patients going oh, it's like it wakes me up at two o'clock every morning really <laughs> <laughs> that's nice <laughs> um, so your testosterone level 
why yeah. was it so high? What had you done I, or what caused I think, it? I think it was just a level of things that I was managing, the level of stress that I'd put myself through, really, from house building, clinic building, practice building, new marriage and marriage not going brilliantly well. Although we'd been together for seven or eight years by that point, all I discovered afterwards was my husband actually was more married to his father than he was to anything or anyone else. Um, so he's he's gone back to being a bachelor and he's still living with his father. He is now 56. <laughs> so I, it was just trying to, I think, deal with all of those things and, and my nervous system, my hormone system just was like, well, I can't find a balance. I can't, I'm working ever so hard and I don't know what to do about it and so for me, that's, that's, I think, was, it was that the uh, hormone reproductive system is really fascinating in that, it, yes, it does all hormones and, our, and what have you, but it's also a valve, an outlet valve. And in my work as an osteopath, I can use the monthlies as a, as a way of helping the body clear and clean, you know, we're we're lucky as women it doesn't occur like that often I know to be able to have this extra valve system really because obviously the boys don't as a way of clearing and venting our system but mine was mine was doing its best but I couldn't quite manage to square all the round pegs (laughs) that has never occurred to me about periods and menstruation and the reproductive system that it is like a a cleansing thing a detoxing a monthly or however often you have it okay so my brain's gone off on a tangent now because like (laughs) in the last few years before I stopped my periods I haven't had a period for about two and a half years now they were really heavy like ridiculously heavy yeah and I hear any number of women say that you know sort of right before menopause yeah they're just shocking Absolutely, and that's and there's uh, starting the whole sentence. I get too excited. Um, that's what I do as well. It's menopause brain. It seriously is middle age brain. No, I really have no longer got that excuse. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm over a decade gone now. There's no excuse. <laughs> Just incredible. There's the increase. Often, it's usually increase in heavy periods, perimenopausal, due to the changing values of the various reproductive hormones. And they will increase or decrease the amount of thickness in the uterine walls, and which will then lead to shedding time to an increased amount of blood loss. So there's right. that side of it. But for women generally, we have a bloodletting on our monthlies and our body can use that as a way of getting rid of stuff. And it does. You know, if you've had a particularly stressful period, you know, ignoring menopausal time period itself, you will often find you will have a heavier period the following period. And it's your body's way of clearing and cleaning. The, um, oh, okay. in medieval times that was used uh quite often obviously they did blood lettings with leeches and what have you as well but 
but you know it's quite a well-known fact but i suspect that modern medicine has somewhat forgotten <laughs> forgotten how bodies work uh, and are therefore unable to use all of the remarkable adaptations that the human body is able to produce to uh, help getting natural health where my go. brain has gone with it is like okay so <laughs> my brain works in mysterious ways but where it's gone with it is if you know your periods get heavier as you approach yeah. menopause which they do for most women there are a lot of women anyway, you know like 10 gazillion possible symptoms and we get some of them but that's one <laughs> of the more common ones and so a lot of midlife women it's like a stage where we assess everything that we've done so far in life and go right I don't want to do that anymore I'm going to be doing this and I wonder what the correlation is between periods stopping and women going right that's it I've had enough now yeah yeah (laughs) because we do (laughs) you know we we have this beautiful dance between our different energies you know on our physical mental emotional energetic spiritual level and beyond and and when you have a huge upheaval in your base energies so mainly your physical energies that's going to cause a huge upheaval elsewhere you know you cannot divorce yourself from your body mind and spirit because the buggers are attached and and so you you have a huge change to the nervous system, the endocrine system, reproductive system, hormone system, and they have a large effect on your emotional state and your mental faculties. So if you take out one of your systems in that sense, your whole thought processes and dynamics change, your emotional state changes and the dynamics under which it operates changes and that's why women really go through such turmoil because they're now having to deal with a different brain they're having to deal with the different way of their emotions expressing themselves and you know without having to be base about it they're no longer having to worry about the freaking kids either because they're not going to have any more so that whole shift it's a really big it's a really big deal and you know animals on the whole the other species don't deal with this because they don't have to you know they get eaten or they die before they've got to the end of their reproductive life scale <laughs> quite clever really which is how, how i feel happened to, to do the lucas on the plains of africa something's come and eaten them beforehand <laughs> so how you know i'm like two and a half years into menopause so i'm considered postmenopausal or whatever the actual term is when you went through it that early and knowing that one of the things the menopause does is it makes (laughs) you look around and go right i'm not doing that and i'm not doing that and you can be you can bugger off if you think i'm gonna do that again how did that impact you at that time and did it have an effect on the end of your marriage did it impact your marriage no i don't think it actually made much difference to my marriage apart from my husband kept complaining that the the bed clothes came on off on off like on a really regular basis yeah Yeah, (laughs) Um, but i I don't actually you know i don't think 
I mean, apart from the fact it kept being hot or cold, and I wasn't probably that nice to be with. I mean, mainly, I mean, the amount of stress of running a building site, developing a whole new clinic, managing my own patients without any help was, you know, so that wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. um, so I probably wasn't that pleasant to be with at that particular point in time either. But no, he, when I said, you know, this isn't really working, and this is, this is well, he, he, he made the mistake of saying, under a year after we'd got married, so we'd been together eight or nine years by then, he, he announced he didn't think he loved me and he didn't think he wanted to have children. It's like, oh, red rag to a bull. <laughs> like, did you really think that one through before you uttered that? And I'm like, well, that's handy because we've got married now. You know, and we did all of those conversations in public with witnesses. So, you know, you can't even say, oh, no, I hadn't worked that one out before we got married or had done those conversations. Yeah, that didn't work for me very well. And so after a lot of deliberation, which was another big stressor, really, I gave him an ultimatum. It was like, you know, I want you to work out what you do want, not what you don't want, what you do want. And I'm going to give you six months to work it out or before. And if you haven't worked out by then, then the decision will no longer become yours. So I said, I'll pay for counselling. I'll pay, you know, whatever, whatever you think you need or help with, then I will support you. Managed to do pretty much nothing and uh, got to the end of the six months and I woke up in the morning and he said absolutely nothing still. And I said, well, I'm not going to wait until midnight tonight to find out what the answer is. Although it was kind of obvious, but he needed to say it for himself if nothing else. And um, he said, well, I still don't know what I want. And I'm like, well, we're going to be getting divorced then. I can't live my life with someone who is basically telling a lie to themselves because actually it has impacts. And so that's what we did. So we had a slightly unconventional divorce in that we didn't get involved with solicitors and things and I was very sad about that but I think ultimately it was also the best the best thing for us at the same time and it just happened to coincide with me doing the menopausal perimenopausal rubbish at the same time so I just made it extra doubly hot for myself <laughs> now moved up to Yorkshire with his father as I say lives with his father and I know if I, if something awful happened, I'd just need to pick up the phone and, and he would help in whatever way he could. But we were not really destined to stay together. There we go. You have to let things go in this life just as much as keep them. Menopause is one of those things you need to let go if you possibly can. And sometimes husbands are too. Where did that leave you, though, with regards to children? Because quite obviously you'd had the conversation about wanting children and then your, your husband decided, oh, no, that's not what I yes. want. So where yes. did that leave yes. you? So that was probably the saddest part of it because, you know, I, I had never imagined not having children in my life right. and I'd been a career woman um, with my osteopathic practice and what have you and obviously I'd married fairly late I'd married in my later 30s mid-30s and I had to come to terms with effectively being barren you know coming to terms with not having children 
one of my <laughs> one of my doctor friends when I when I, I thought well I'll, I'll have a conversation with him about it and he said well you know if you want to have children just go out and fuck rabbits <laughs> I'm like that's incredibly genuine and helpful doc <laughs> sometimes you just, acceptance is an extraordinary emotion but the helpful thing about it because by then I wasn't doing hot flushes every half hour on the half hour so I, there was a bit of respite the real consolation prize really was was with that reducing amount of hormone level and I still got quite high hormone levels put according to the docs uh, despite being postmenopausal. your sense of brain partly reappears and you can start to think with much more clarity as opposed to literally being in the washing machine with your hormones so it was a learning process to come to terms with it and I and I guess like it like anything else you know decisions that you make you you open one door and you close another and that doesn't stop you wishing or wondering what if but acceptance is the one thing and forgiveness for yourself that really it's easier to attain when you have attained your menopausal wisdom because you haven't got the washing machine hormones (laughs) throwing the band how long were you perimenopausal for was it the same kind of several years or however long as most yeah, people or was it a quicker I one to get every, i did try to get everything done at the same time frame <laughs> and i managed it all so i guess i was doing the main symptoms for three or four years you know you could definitely say yeah they're skying and sinking at breakneck speeds so about four years so it took me two years to build the clinic it took me I bought the house about a year before so I had all the planning issues to deal with and then I had all sorts of different practitioners coming into the practice at about the same time as well so yeah I tried doing you know you you might if you can you might as well try and do everything at the same time because it's no fun otherwise is it what impact has it had on you having such a long time post-menopause like I have actually no idea because normally people go through the menopause when they're in the 50s and then we know that you're on the downward slope to old age (laughs) god that was tactless wasn't it (laughs) but Going through the menopause when you're in the mid-30s, what impact does that have on your body? Because isn't the, like, your calcium, you don't take on calcium as well and there's, like, other things? Yeah, theoretically, that's what happens. My lovely doctor said, well, girl, we really ought to put you on HRT. And I'm like, you're joking, aren't you? I've just gone (laughs) through all of this. I've I've survived... you know flushes every half hour on half hour so you want to put me on a pill and then you're going to make me do it again really because <laughs> I couldn't see how my body wouldn't gonna have a big reaction my system always has big reactions to stuff because it's got lots of energy and it works very efficiently and I'm like no I'm not bloody doing this lot again don't be ridiculous and I'm a natural healthcare practitioner I'm just like you know thank you so much for the nice thought of having some estrogen and what have you I think I'll do this on my own you know 
the, there's a fallacy that it's the calcium in the bones that causes the osteoporosis. It isn't. It's usually the lack of magnesium, which allows you to take up calcium and make it work efficiently, along with the vitamins and minerals, the boron and vitamin D and a bit of zinc. And, you know, 50% of women are calcium, are magnesium deficient. So it's all very well giving you chalk tablets in their calcium carbonate form, like ADCAL, etc. But actually, it's really making very little difference. Funnily enough, the doctors have also found it makes really very little difference. Well, like, try adding everything else in that you need, your wallies. <laughs> it's like having, having, having your evening meal and going, yes, it's a whole meal. There's no vegetables on there whatsoever. Or just carbohydrate. We're just having pasta tonight. <laughs> and then wondering why you don't feel very good after a couple of weeks. It's like, duh. So... Yes, I do take a magnesium calcium supplement sometimes, but and I'm also vegan. But there's masses of magnesium, calcium, boron, vitamin C is important. I get lots of vitamin D anyway. In our environment, in our foods, you just need to know how to eat it, how to absorb it. And then making sure you do plenty of weight-bearing exercise because you've got to stress the bones in order for them to metabolize themselves properly they're all they're always growing and breaking themselves down they've got an 18 month turnover cycle so they can remold and remodel as long as they've got the nutrients to do that with so it's not the end of the world but you have to do the work and and avoid eating things that will reduce that option so don't have loads of soda drinks and Doctors tend to give people steroids for for all sorts of things because it reduces inflammation in the body. But as part of its side effects, it demineralizes bones. So after you've had a course of steroids, particularly if you've been on steroids a long time, asthma, eczema, they'll give you steroids for, polymyalgia rheumatica, all sorts of things they'll give you steroids for. It's, It's a regular part of immunosuppression as well. And as a result of that, your tendency to have bone fractures are vastly increased. That increases with women in particular because we have our sharp hormone drop off at menopause anyway. So fractured neck of femurs, fractured vertebra are much likely, much more likely to increase if you've had steroid therapy at the same time. So that's one of the nasty side effects. Um, But having said all that, there is masses that you can do diet wise exercise wise to maintain your mineral levels and your bone metabolism it's just it you have to do something you have to get it off your butt every day and go out and do some weight bearing exercise as opposed to sit there and stuff your face with a bag of crisps and chips and watch tv we all have our destiny in our hands and then you get the results it's just for this particular aspect of bone health, you get your results 10 or 15 years later down the line, as opposed to at the time. It doesn't feel bad at the time. Yeah, it's something to, to be aware of, but there are lots of ways of, of managing it for yourself if you wish to. And you can have obviously hormone therapy to sensibly help. But with my history of ridiculous numbers of flushes every day, I decided that trying to go and do the, that system again didn't really appeal. 
So in terms of the hormone replacement therapy, I can understand why they gave you that option when you were in your 30s. At what point did they offer you that? Once I'd been to see the specialist and had tests and he went, oh, you're going to go, you know, you're going to have, you're going to fall off a cliff, basically, when the hormones finally get themselves to shut up, given that your hormone levels are so ridiculously high currently. Yes, it's only six or seven or eight times more than they're meant to be his eyes were popping when he when he gave me the eye gave me the results you know you you are going to sort of feel a bit like you fall off a cliff but to be honest I think my system had regulated things by that time a bit better my head had got round the thou shalt not have no children bitch and uh it really was okay but I understand why HRT for women going through the menopause is often an easy way out, isn't it? I've and got no idea. I know absolutely nothing about it. fundamentally quite lazy, you know. So if you've got an easy way of taking your driving test, or there's an easy way of doing whatever, humans will tend to go towards the position of ease, as opposed to necessarily being patient and perhaps allowing their body their system to do what's necessary so i don't get upset obviously with people who are on hrt but but it does have its downsides as well and they tend to keep on hrt for far far longer than the actual benefits that they get which definitely increases the amount of heart attacks that you're likely to have later it has other side effects which when you're in the middle of hot flushes and having a loony brain don't seem very important but you know risk of heart attacks and strokes increasing because you're on hrt i i would say given that there are other ways of going about dealing with the same system is is quite a heavy price to pay potentially what does hrt do does it ease the menopause or what is the actual thing about yeah it levels out your hormones so you have less of the ups and downs the reasons why we get most of the hr no the menopausal symptoms is because our nervous system is trying to keep up with these crazy roller coaster hormones and they spike most of the symptoms of progesterone led due to the reduction in estrogen as a result of that, with the HRT introducing primarily progesterone, sometimes some estrogen hormones into the system, it basically damps down the whole reaction. And, you know, to be fair, some women go through menopausal periods that are long. You know, I've <laughs> I had a patient in the other day. She's now in her 80s. She still gets flushes. She's been flushing <laughs> for 30 years. 30 years oh my god poor um, woman you know and and hrt won't really make any difference to that whatsoever you know and she just accepts it. it's just like oh i'm just having a bit of a hot moment and just moves on you know and that's by far the best way of dealing with it as opposed to getting terribly upset that it's happening to you again because that just just lights a christmas tree up and it goes into orbit so the side effects of playing around with the hormones is it changes how the circulatory system works and the fluid dynamics around the body. Um, and that's what leads to potential heart attacks and strokes. 
amongst other things. They're the, they're the most life-threatening options. And it's a known side effect, which is why they tend not to want to put you on HRT for more than about 10 years. For most women, they've gone through it primarily in a couple of years. Yes, it confers a bit of benefit initially, but after that, the benefit is really, really minimal. And the side effects are increasingly stacking up against you. But it makes you feel better because it gives you an artificial high and a glow and everyone says you look fantastic and okay good well that's what you have plastic surgery for if you're that desperate isn't it maybe I'm just being a bit cynical there what impact did having that much testosterone have on you because it's got to be a side effect that has that um, to be fair right in the middle of dealing with with clinic building workmen and what have you it's hard to say I would say I have I'm uh, as a individual I'm I'm quite high I have quite high male characteristics anyway I'm very determined I'm very focused that's how my system works so I suspect it didn't make that much more difference having the higher testosterone levels really so I'm, I'm not sure I can really answer that question to be to be fair probably better asking the boys around me if they found me decidedly male to deal with <laughs> um, I, I just started I, laughing after I asked you I went oh my god can you imagine yeah. what she was like on a building site <laughs> you know the guys were great and as long as they weren't doing particularly stupid things and I did catch them a couple of times doing particularly stupid things are you sure you really want to glue that hole up there with the glue on the other side like that because we can't actually open it ever again oh yeah I've noticed, I have noticed that Mm, good thing I walked over the car and then <coughs> yeah, if they did something particularly stupid then it was fine really they're just not used to having women foremen who have a pretty good idea of what they're doing even if building is not their primary occupation you know as an osteopath I'm a 3D technician really it's just my subjects don't come with a nice flat drawing plan that you can work off I have to work out what's happening on the innards without a plan or just the overall view there should be a body a few sticks at the side and a thing on the top after that it's all up to invention and what I can feel and sense with my fingers quite novel having a work plan to work off building a house because you know you can see it in reality quite cool so the, the boys were a bit surprised because obviously I could work it out from my osteopathic principles so when there were hitches, I'd, I'd uh, say, well, well, go away, come back in 20 minutes. I'm going out gardening and I'll go and work on it while I'm thrashing a bit of mud outside. And, uh, and then coming around, this is what we're going to do. And they always oh, never thought of that, girl. That'd be why I'm the boss then. But I think that was probably partly to do with my, my male side of my brain being able to focus and what have you. How it managed to do that whilst the other side was going loopy, I don't know, but it did got a fabulous building <laughs> and the results were excellent and the boys were all totally delighted with the results I think they were they weren't used to being asked to do something where they could excel as opposed to let's just lay stretcher bricks forever and ever and it looks really boring we'll go on to the next job so I made them use their brains as well all good fun the other thing I wanted to ask was what helped you get through that period? You know, knowing that you were going through early onset menopause, knowing that yep. you were never going to have kids, 
all the yeah. other stresses that were going on in your life, what helped you get through that the most? Um, my own mental tenacity and what we think is not always the truth. I, I definitely have to give plenty of credence to uh, landmark and landmark education and the education that it provides because I had a fantastic support system at least at times from the various participants in the landmark forum programs that I had participated in and and also the help of my best friend who is my reflexologist who <laughs> did her best to keep ongoingly rebalancing the hormones to the best of her ability whilst they were doing crazy things and just having you know just having beautiful conversations with other women with my patients and realizing that I wasn't actually going totally mad because occasionally it felt like it and that it you know just believing that it will all turn out okay it's just it's a period of your life that you go through it doesn't necessarily mean anything about you it doesn't necessarily mean anything about the rest of the world. It is something that happens that you that you pass through. We often think of menopause as something happening to us and it's bad and wrong. And that's almost where the medical stereotype has got us. Actually, it can be the most beautiful, freeing exploration, partly of our past reproductive life but also a new opening for, for vistas that we've yet to explore and understand and not beating yourself up about it. So what if you had a hot flush? It doesn't mean anything. It just means you got a bit sweaty. Big deal. Move on. They will. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you're quite right. We see, you know, our society sees menopause as that's it, your life's over, you know, because you're a woman, you're meant to be a mother, that's it, there's no use for you anymore, almost. That's the kind of vibe about the whole thing. Whereas it's, I feel like it's, and one of the things I want to have these conversations is like, for me, it's like a reset button. Okay, right, done that bit, next. What can we do now? (laughs) Yeah, it really really is. Yeah. It's an exploration into a different world. You know, in different societies, Red Indians amongst others, and I'm sure the Mayan tribes and stuff, you know, going through the menopause is as much a celebration of rights as the men reaching manhood, etc. But we don't, in the Western society, we tend not to think of it like that. We tend not to think of it as a new opportunity opening up we tend to think that it's bad and wrong and it shouldn't be happening to us and more poor us and I was like oh, for god's sake it's just like oh god put the other gramophone record on really mm. this one's broken it's about to die <laughs> <laughs> not complaining about it and start creating start looking at what you really want in life start looking at how things are and how things can be and what's really important to you you now don't have those responsibilities of children and what have you in the same way. You don't necessarily have the same career responsibilities if you're working and what have you. You know, what is important to you? What do you really want to achieve in your life that you may not have managed to get to now? You know, do you want to suddenly take up? I think it's one of the interesting things about 
peri and postmenopausal women, they often start looking at other aspects of life they've not had perhaps time or opportunity to get involved in. So they start looking at beauty, they start looking at the arts, at literature, design. You know, you often find women suddenly it's like, I really want to design the house, or I really want to get more interested in inter- interior design and stuff. And you and they start looking at the other aspects of life, which in in other cultures are all about wisdom and attaining wisdom and going into that next level of uh, of your or period of your life where the more mundane things are no longer important. So if you want to go sit on a rock in the full lotus position, you are very welcome to, and no one's going to think you're complete cranky. Well, they might, but they get where you're coming from versus, you know, you start doing that in your, in your forties and they're like, what the bloody hell are they doing over there? They realize they've got their children to look after. Well, yeah, we do, but you know, you can also sit on a rock. So that with the change in hormones and the change in the brain functioning, along with that comes a new aspect of our brain function which up until that time has been hidden from view it's probably the best way of putting it and it and it becomes an expression you know and and we are able to emote etc as a result of of that new vista opening up for us and you know it does to a much lesser extent for men but you know, men are not the multi-dimensional creational creatures that women are. Their, their brain patterns are not set up the same way. So although it does happen for them and they go through their own menopausal stages, it's much more expressed in women. And it really should be celebrated because it's extraordinary. I didn't realise that it was celebrated in other cultures. I'm going to have to find out more about mm, that because that's fascinating. Yeah, because I do think that we've <clears throat> lost a lot of the wise old woman thing in our yes, culture because yes. families have kind of split up like mine across yes. the globe. It's a small family. Yes. So we haven't got that older wise woman. Indeed. Uh, and and for those of us who get to that point on and still have a bit of a brain and, and are able to be of service, you know, it's almost beholding on us. And that's why what you're creating and, and doing is, is so valuable for women. It, it's really beholding on us to act as those wise women in mm. the, or the matriarch of the family, because that that system has been lost to society to a large extent. It does happen, but to a large extent, it doesn't. And so to be able to use our skills and act as, as that elder, and it, it is about attaining elderhood. It's just we do it in a rather more dynamic way than the men do. It really should be celebrated and, and expanded. Just because we are no longer of childbearing age certainly does not mean that we don't have contribution to make. No, and I think, I mean, this what you're saying now is one of the reasons why I've formed that group, the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood group, because we're missing those connections and we're missing that celebration. And Mm. it's not really something that is discussed in advance 
you know, we just yeah. hit menopause and then we go, oh, crap, what's going on? <laughs> and we start looking for information, you know. But it's yeah. not something that when we go in through our 30s and 40s, we actually have a conversation about with our friends. And then because we're isolated, we don't have any older female relatives to really talk about it. And it's not something that was discussed either, you know. You just don't no, talk no, about no, these it was things. Very much, it was all a bit all a bit sordid and dirty and, you know, yeah. you wouldn't mention it at the dinner table. <laughs> no, and it's and it's that I want to pass the information on to my daughters. I don't yes. want them to suddenly find themselves. You know, we have the period talk with our daughters, sure. but we don't have the childbirth and the menopause talk with our daughters. Yes. You know, what's yes. going on there? It's, yes. It's something that needs to be celebrated and open and discussed because I felt so isolated when I started going through it because your brain just goes AWOL. Your hormones are just in charge of your entire life. You do not make any sense half the time. (laughs) And I was absolutely convinced I was the only person in the world that had ever felt like this and there was something seriously wrong with me. I'm not the only one that thinks that because pretty much every woman that's gone through menopause has said, oh, me too. <laughs> so, but, I, but I think part of that is it's a function of the hormones themselves in that mm. they've all been jogging along happily doing their own thing, you know, diddly, 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 diddly each month doing this stuff. And then suddenly they go a bit cranky and they have a bit of a, you know, firework explosion going on and they pop off a left, right and centre. And it's a shock. You know, it, it is a physical shock. It's a hormonal shock to the system, but it's an emotional and mental shock. And we, no one's prepped us for knowing how to deal with it. No. And that, just that massive transition. Yeah, that's what causes the upset. Yeah, upsets, that mental and emotional side, because we can't square it with the hormones going, and now we're going to have hot flies. <laughs> and then we're going to feel freezing cold and feel a bit sad oh not so lovely and we have all this emotion that we adhere to the physical experience Mm. which we make mean some stuff it doesn't it just means that you know the estrogen had a bit of a moment and the progesterone suddenly caught up big deal (laughs) But that's not how we relate to it as women. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I mean, how can I possibly survive this hot flush for the next 30 seconds? Oh, I think you'll manage. (laughs) It's one of, um, I interviewed another friend, Mariah, about menopause the other day, and she said she got to the stage where she'd come out of a room in the morning and she'd say to her family, I am not fit for human consumption. (laughs) Stay away. (laughs) <laughs> and that seemed to me like I a that. yeah that's it you just what she said <laughs> I just had to warn them like this is what's going on and that's you know if you can create if somebody had told me that I could say that to the kids <laughs> that would have been fabulous never occurred to me yeah so it's just yeah. though it's the sharing of all this information and the experiences and everything else that is so 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 important and just knowing yeah. that this is normal and you will survive you it will doesn't survive honest. you will <laughs> and it doesn't mean anything about you it doesn't mean anything it doesn't it, that's the most important thing i think it's just keeping it down to really base levels of, you know, this is just the fact of what's happening right now and all will be well, you know, all will be well. 
just hang on in there. It's just on the roller coaster ride and you're just complaining about it. But you've got on the roller coaster ride and it's a very function of being alive. And you get to choose the rest of it. <laughs> and on that fabulous note, I'm going to say thank you so much. This has been such a joy to do this. <laughs> you're very welcome. It's a pleasure. Onwards and upwards on our crazy journey called life. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Come and join us in our new Facebook group, the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood group, where we'll discuss what happened in this podcast and all the other things that have got to do with midlife. I'll see you there.